Welcome to the Gaming Trend Podcast, the official podcast of GamingTrend.com. My name is Anthony Shelton, and before I introduce our regular guests, who you already know, I don't care if you believe in God or not, you better thank him. Because if it wasn't for Noah Rigsby, all we'd have to talk about today <laughs> is Redfall. And I am so glad <laughs> we get to talk about Ravenlock because it's not Redfall. I swear. <laughs> All we had to talk about was they, Redfall today. I they both be begin with an R, though. The yeah, whole time. It was close. And they're both on Game Pass. <laughs> you can stop, okay? It's, yeah. Thank God. Uh, so thank you, Noah. Thank you. You know, you know All right. it, it's a thankless job. It, it really is. <laughs> um, behind the scenes working for us, okay? Well, so I am also joined by David Burdett. Hello there. And our savior today, Noah Rigsby. Hello, everyone. And of course, in this podcast, uh, we talk about the games we could get our hands on. And in this case, unfortunately, got our hands on. We talk (laughs) about games in our backlog we should have played a long time ago and games you absolutely need to play or don't play. (laughs) And shouldn't play. (laughs) (laughs) This week. So this is an interesting week. uh, I think it goes without saying. That we got to play. Well, I wouldn't say we got to play. We had to play <laughs> Redfall. Yeah. So um I guess I guess some could say I'm probably the most critical and negative person on this podcast. You, your your numbers do tend to skew downwards compared to some. <laughs> uh, compared to most. Yes. This is I have high standards. I hold everybody to the same standard. So, David, why don't you kick us off with uh, Redfall? Oh, geez. So, Redfall is a mess. <laughs> and that is that is truly putting it lightly. Um, let me let me go ahead and say right at the beginning of it, like I I was interested in this game. The I was at first, obviously, we all thought it was back for blood, left for dead, all that kind of stuff. Uh, then they came out and was like, oh, this is more Far Cry. It's like, okay, my interest is peaked. I'm pretty sure we even talked about it on the podcast of, oh, the new trailers are actually more interesting. The way the game design is, it's more interesting. Come to find out, there's not much game design. Um, okay. in, in the fact of, and I want to point especially with Arcane, like I don't necessarily just, this isn't one of those full-on blame games. Man, they're just awful developer. No, Arcane has been a standard of excellence. But this is a, almost seems like a bite off more than you can chew kind of thing. Because what I see here, and we're I'm sure we will get into a deeper discussion of it, this feels like, a live service game originally as far as the idea goes that it became oh crap this isn't the thing anymore nobody likes these anymore <laughs> nobody wants to do microtransactions okay let's let's pull all of that out of the game and see what we're left with and see what we can build around and uh, i mean i don't see microtransactions or live service elements fixing this game this feels more like a thing of we don't know how to make that work, especially around the formula that we have. So it almost feels like they were shoehorned into several different corners with the way the game was designed, 
uh, w when you've got these things like the as you see on that video right there, the rarity of guns, which is quite literally pointless in this game. Like it, it true, like yeah, you get a couple perks depending on what color it is. It changes the how many perks you get out of it. That's it. And half the time, I don't even know what the perks mean. <laughs> like, it helps my accuracy. What is that? Is it recoil control? Do I hit more often? Is it bloom? <laughs> like, it, things aren't explained. And it's like, this feels like it should have been deeper, but it's just not. Like, it, it was planned to be deeper, but it never was. Um that, that goes doubly for the powers. Uh, you're seeing on the screen some of those. Uh, each There are four characters. Each one has different powers, and it it feels like it's a hero shooter with those, where it's like, okay, here's your abilities. That's it. Like You gain these couple of abilities over time, but there's not really enough there to make you feel like fleshing out the skill tree, especially since the skill tree largely is make this last longer <laughs> make this happen a little bit bigger of a radius like th <laughs> there's not really interesting ways to make your skills be better so it feels like one of the key tenets of what makes a lot of these games good in these upgrades and cool abilities that you end up with it feels like they spread them across four characters so there's not really a point to do a lot, not to mention that there's really in the end not a point to the, some of the abilities are just very similar to others. So it's just a, not to mention you can also run four of the exact same character. So then abilities literally don't matter anyway because <laughs> you each have the exact same ability. So it's just it. I, I, like take your time uh, yeah we're it's here just for it's you. tough we're here to for you. like i play i play this game and it just makes my brain like melt in the sense of i see things that make me want to like it like it's it's i like the world that it's in it's got an interesting kind of background to it when it comes to the story i'm not saying the story is interesting because there's not much of it and for some it reason they been, thought though. <clears throat> It could have been. That's that's the thing. I see the potential in that. I see the potential like the gunplay. It doesn't control well at all, but at least the gun shooting, like when I shoot something, it usually feels pretty good. Like I, I like that part of it. Um, and then the, the co-op itself is not horrible in this. Like there are some horrible elements to it, but when we played it largely it worked and we were able to do things together and kind of play off of each other a little bit whether or not it we were technical dif difficulties or not so it's one of those things of i see what this game could be but unfortunately i have to review the game that's in front of me because one of the number one tenets of writing a review is not writing it based on what you wish the game was <laughs> and there's a lot that this game isn't because as interesting as that big world is, it's empty and devoid of anything. <laughs> like you, ve you very rarely end up fought. Like you walk around this world and 
you think, okay, if it's more live servicey and whatnot, I should have a reason to explore. I should have a reason to loot all this stuff. There really isn't much of a reason because there's not anything really going on in these different houses, even though you can go into a lot of them. The, the There's very rarely enemies around, so the world doesn't feel, and I understand it's the whole vampire thing. The world's not really supposed to be lived in, but it there's no point it feels like in exploring anything because there's nothing to look for outside of your main missions and side missions. Uh, you can go around and try to shoot some things, but it, your best bet to get better loot is not to go around and randomly explore thing. It's to do specific missions that will give you better loot. So I, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, if you go out and do th it, it won't, it'll, you'll have more time spent in the game rather than just go point A to point B. I'm like, this game is pretty much built to be a point A to point B game. Like, and, and that's, it's a waste of an open world to me and in the, in the way it is, it's built. Um, uh, Dishonored and Deathloop do it better in these open areas that you go to uh, as opposed to it being more of an open world because they feel, even if there's not as many enemies in those different areas, they're still more compact so that it you aren't bowled over by the lack of enemies. Not that the enemies really matter because I have never seen an AI so stupid. <laughs> I, I Like, it's bad. You can be directly in front of them <laughs> and they don't realize it. Like, you can get so close. At first, I thought it was just like an accident when I was doing one of the missions, then I realized, no, you can really just about walk up to them and pop them in the head execution mm -hmm. style before they do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I had one of the big, I mentioned it, I'm going to be mentioning it in our final review once that drops. Um, our, <laughs> I was playing uh, one of the underboss missions, name of Gideon, uh, who's up in the church, mm. and went up there, I use my camo to get past all the guards and get directly into the church. I open the doors. Uh, one of the things it's kind of, it, it is kind of ominous. So I like the idea of it is the, the vampires floating there, just almost like just a beacon of evil waiting to attack you once you get too close. Um, so I whip out the sniper thinking, okay, I'll get a shot on him. Hopefully that'll get me some good damage off of this guy. He's a boss. So I want at least to get something. And then maybe that'll mm -hmm. help me out. Now, I don't have, I think at that point, I was still using a lower level sniper. So I wasn't even using a very heavy duty thing at all. But I go and snipe him and he doesn't move. <laughs> he lost a third of his health and doesn't move. So I shoot again. And you know as well as I do, the snipers aren't these instant semi-automatic guns. It takes a second to get that second shot off. I get the second headshot in. <laughs> He's down two-thirds of his health before he pops up and starts doing something. And by that time, he rushes in. And it, it's done because I whip out my shotgun. I hit him a bunch of times and he's done for uh the only thing that ended up working out i say in his favor he was dead so there wasn't anything that could be done so i did mm -hmm. die in the 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 vampire fog 
that oh, was yeah, there. Yeah. But mm-hmm. what's stupid is I just snuck back in, grabbed the skull, and left. That was that was all that I had to do at that point because that was the end of the mission. Um, what was even more of a pain in the butt is a, trying to sneak back in, and this is just one of the bugs that I managed to find. I ended up getting stuck in the running animation. So even though I was crouched, my gun is like going like I'm running. <laughs> I wasn't even moving, Noah. <laughs> I, I'm sitting, I'm literally in one spot, crouched, not moving, and my gun's going, and I hear pop, 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 pop of my running <laughs> that is not happening. <laughs> so I go up, do that, I go back to the, I. it automatically gives me the ability to jump back to the safe house, which is one of the better design features, is being able to, when you finish a mission, go straight back to the place where you can get a new mission. I'll give him that at least, because then at least you're not backtracking everywhere. Uh, even though, in my opinion, you shouldn't have to backtrack all that way just to get another mission. Um, <laughs> I get to the safe house. That doesn't fix it. I'm still in a running animation. <laughs> but what's funny is when you're in the safe house, your gun is put up. So my hands are out there as if I have a gun, but I don't have a oh. gun. And they're moving <laughs> like this. And I keep hearing the sound effect of running. I had to restart. I had to quit and jump back in the game just to get that fixed. So, and we're, I'm sure we're going to talk about bugs upon bugs upon bugs upon bugs as we keep going. But I wanted this to be so much better than it is. And the low and the be the level that I know arcane has in them because they have a much better, Level in them, which, by the way, Skill Up apparently figured out how to beat every vampire perfectly. It was him or ACG. Uh, essentially, it's walk backwards and to the left because they always swipe towards the right. <laughs> ah, that's why I miss. That's why they miss sometimes, but not all the time. <laughs> yep. So the idea is just always make sure yeah. that you're you're walking in a specific direction because it's always telegraphed and that's if they yeah. hit you at all as people have seen in the video on twitter where the vampire is just <laughs> gliding around <laughs> on the ground did you see that one anthony i did that yeah it, it got stuck where it's not animated or anything it's just a, a like a chess piece just moving around <laughs> Uh, somebody said, are you going to do something? <laughs> I, I forget what the other person said, but I, I responded back. I said, the real fear is anticipation. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, uh, it's just not a good game. There's no way to yeah. slide. There's no way to slice it. It's, there's no way to spin it. It's just not a good game and it's not. This isn't a patchable fix. Like the somebody online was asking if PlayStation has ever had this level, like a studio they own that's had this level of a flub. And somebody brought up Days Gone, and the first thing I thought, I'm like, Days Gone is at least a competent game. It just had a lot of bugs. <laughs> like, is it the best game you've ever played? No, but it's it's not this where the game the the bugs are not the bugs are exacerbated by how awful the game itself is yeah the design of the game is the design of the game i mean it's it's just you you can't like right here i know i believe anthony was playing this 
and he was talking to us about, I can't find the key. The game design is not very good because it's very hard to find this key. <laughs> like, well, no, I struggled I, finding that, this key. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I mean, it was sitting right there on the table, but... It, it is, so but I mean, there it's so... Uh, there's no real, like... And I'm not saying I want everything to blink, but I mean, stuff right there is blinking. How come it was so hard to how come it was so hard to find that thing? Specifically? I, will, I will blame that on me more than the game. There are certainly far Man, more. I, things. I did, too, though. You have two people on this podcast who had the same issue. And that guy just lets you straight up murder him, even though he watched the door open. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't do his job well. (laughs) Yeah. Shocked. I wonder if he was actually supposed to be on the toilet. (laughs) I don't know. That would have been great. Yeah. But this game is in the toilet. Yeah. All right. Well. (laughs) Uh, I'll let you like it's it's just something that you sit here and you're like, I'm just sad. (laughs) Yeah. I need to fast forward through that. (laughs) But uh Because I'm just looking for the key. But, okay. It was on your left. (laughs) I know, that's what I said. I passed it up a billion times. I'm like, where's this key? Stop leaving keys in the lunchroom. Yeah. (laughs) So, I think why I am so incredulous about the state of this game is because I don't know how they got here. We're talking about Arcane. And yes, I know there are two Arcanes. There are there is Arcane in the in the European region, and then there is Arcane Austin. Arcane Austin made Prey. Which I have not played, but I have heard it's a decent game. It is fun. It is action filled. It 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 is intriguing to at, at the very least. I've not played it myself. I don't know if either of you two have played Prey. Prey but is very good. Mm-hmm. Prey is very good. And then that you know, is this studio. Right. My point. So Prey is very good. Not only that, though, you have to think about the fact that Arcane Lions and Arcane Austin are still arcane. So there's design philosophies that are shared between the studios that are meant to keep things looking like arcane. It doesn't matter if this is arcane Austin or arcane line. This is arcane. Their name is on it. If it's arcane, doesn't matter which studio, it's arcane. And so you go from dishonored Pray, death loop. How do you get here? That's what I don't understand. What was it about this game that threw them off so much that it came out like this? Phil Spencer brings up covid so i suppose maybe this game started during covid as far as development started uh perhaps that influenced it but for it to be poorly designed that is where i'm thrown it's one thing for the bugs okay but this game fundamentally 
is designed in so many weird and awful ways. It just doesn't make any sense. Something as simple as look at the bottom right of the screen. There is a number one, there's a number two, and there's a number three. Denoting how many weapons you're allowed to have. You don't need to carry three weapons in this game. Two is enough. And then you could swap in your backpacks. The third is literally a nuisance because you don't need three while you're fighting these vampires. Perhaps that's because the AI is very bad. I don't know. But as far as the way the game is played, you don't need three weapons. I think about Borderlands. I think about Destiny, where you are allowed to carry more weapons. But I think even Destiny, you're only allowed, what is it, two, right? Three. So, two and a, three. Su- two three. And a super. No, three. three. Yeah, it's three, uh, the, no. the heavy weapon. But, yep. but that's yeah, the, the point with the su- Destiny. The super weapon, yeah. That was yeah, what I was so, but at least yep. then you can long press to pull it up as opposed to this where well, well it's not even about functionality. Well, it's, it's, functionality. it's about purpose. Yeah, there's yes. a reason yeah. you have three. Um yes. So so in this, you so functionally in Destiny, you do have two. But there is the heavy weapon for those moments where you need to do some heavy damage fast. Yeah. So you pull out the heavy weapon. It's literally called the heavy weapon. <laughs> like the heavy so weapon. What, so what you're so what like, you're saying you, though is it would have been better in this for them to have put like the stake launcher, the UV like light, something like that, like more of a specialized slot if they were gonna do they, three. They could have gone that route. Yeah. They could have and gone it that made route. Sense. I, it would have made more sense. Yes. You have your two standard weapons, some that can handle vampires, but then you have your maybe vampire-specific weapon, like your stake launcher or the UV weapon. So something like that, right? Very simple. But instead, they just give you three weapons, and you could fill those slots with whatever you want. But me, personally, yes, I found I did find three weapons that were useful for me. This assault rifle, I eventually go with a flare gun, a single... uh a single chamber flare gun, and then a shotgun. The flare gun shotgun was basically my vampire combo. Pull out the flare gun when I see a vampire, they start burning, they're stunned, whip out the shotgun, two, three shots later, vampire's done. If I'm shooting regular enemies, I pull out the assault rifle. So I had to create my own reason for the the loadout (laughs) that I was rocking for this. Otherwise, you're just kind of grabbing weapons and going and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't. That's an example, one of the many examples of the poor design in this game. And I just wonder, what was this whole thing? Let's take, let's take something even simpler, okay? Actually, probably more complex. I'm using Layla. Layla has this skill where she pulls out her umbrella. It acts like, it acts like a shield, all right? As the bullets hit the shield, the shield absorbs damage which then at the end of the umbrella or whenever you want you can you know throw it out in a little burst and depending on how much uh damage the umbrella had that's how much damage you throw out all right very simple concept problem is the enemies don't shoot a lot so you're walking around walking out there with your umbrella thinking oh yeah there's a lot of enemies right here but they're just looking at you for most of the time yeah, they're and running maybe, around. <laughs> yeah running around or staring at you 
waiting to fire their little, you know, five or six shots. And, you know, that's pretty much all you got to, all you get out of it. So there's no use for that. So then, so then you would think, all right, well, maybe they should shoot more. Fair thought. Maybe the enemy should shoot more. Problem is, if the enemy starts shooting more, you will die so fast because one bullet could take off a quarter of your health because that's, because this game is meant to be a little combination of stealth, not as much run and gun type of action. They do want you to creep a little bit. That's fine. The problem is, if you do creep, you, you get hit, you take the proper amount of damage. But if you start taking more damage, like if the enemy started shooting more, then you'll never have the chance. And so then you would have to go into a more run and gun type of style. So that wouldn't work. So it's those type of things where it's like, you guys are making weird decisions that don't line up with the design that you're looking for. Their and this is philosophy. what we get. Yeah. 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 Especially considering stealth just feels really pointless in this game, especially how stupid the enemies are. If the enemies were smarter. It would feel like stealth would feel like more of a important option, but I can but walk I like right in front is- of them and they don't find me. Stealth is either useless or it's incredibly broken because of how good it is. You can walk around. uh, David Flynn, who uh, helped with this review, too, he said, (coughs) excuse me, he said he was walking around with a sniper most of the time, just sniping enemies from a distance because they don't respond to anything. So one guy goes down and the other AI is just sitting there. So I was like, all right, I'll pop his head off, too. And spoilers, the final boss fight that we did, it's not full spoilers, but I was able to take advantage of camo and y'all just shot and got everybody's attention while I ran around and did the objectives that took out the boss, which one of that's just an awful boss fight. Awful boss. Yeah. That last boss fight was weird. Um, so little, little stuff like that adds up, um, to, to, to a poorly designed game. I actually missed in this level that you're showing. I actually did not find that way to get in right there that you did. <laughs> well, I, I guess came, maybe that's a good thing. I ended up accidentally coming in through the roof because I couldn't find, I ran around the facility multiple times. Oh, there you go. <laughs> couldn't figure it out. Well, what's there, stupid is there's an office up top. I go in that office. Yeah. I crept in, killed the guy, and then everybody came to attack me. I kept shutting the door, reloading, and it gave me the time to reload, and then they would open the door and get shotgunned. There you so go. they were very stupid <laughs> yeah something like that feels like something you would see out of the uh the, you know the gamecube ps2 xbox era level of ai yeah uh, so and, and that was because we didn't have the computing for it <laughs> right yeah <laughs> i'm like the the ps5 the the series x modern pcs good cpus now there's there's not a lot of uh, reason to have this poor of AI. So I respect Arcane. I just I you know I'm not I'm not trying to bash them. I just don't yeah. know how they ended up here. This is really really bad. Um, I don't know what else to say about this nonsense. It's just so it's bad. Just, this just feels like a game that just had to come out because it was the only way for them to move forward mm-hmm. is the sad reality. It feels like of it is they kept trying to realize whatever the vision was. They could have even gone through redesign 
and it just never came together the way that they wanted it to come together. And it finally just became, okay, let's just get this thing out and be done with it. Because there's no other way to explain a game being allowed to ship in this state. Like, especially, and I say that as there's no reason considering the fact of who is making this game. We all know Arcane is smart and knows what they're doing. Like, this reeks of not knowing what you're doing. Yeah. So I don't, and I don't think that's the case. I feel like it's just a unfortunate last result, uh, last resort of, well, crap, I guess we just got to get this game out. So we so we can say hi to whatever the next Xbox game is. Mm-hmm. There are some people who were like, you know, well, maybe it was Arcane B team, you know, like whoever, whoever it was. And maybe it was maybe it wasn't the team that made Prey. Maybe it was a smaller team, uh, although I, mean, I don't sh- think I'm it sure would they be lost a smaller talent. team for for this game. They could have lost talent. That's but but at the same all, point, all Harvey Smith. Fair reasons. He was the same director. Yeah, he was there. It's it's not like they didn't have the I mean, lead guy. Even if your B team is, you know, developing it and making, you know, if this is the case, you still have the head coach, you know, yeah, that is supposed to be there to make sure, you know. Well, that and you still have the design philosophies mm-hmm. of Arcane. Like there, there are people there <laughs> who are going to, there. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There are people there who who understand what needs to be done to make a, an arcane game. Uh, yeah. Even even if this is a more open world, out of the regular kind of dishonored death loop ish type of games that we're used to out of arcane, there's there's still uh, a scenario. I, I think this is when I started te- uh, messaging you, David, about where the key was. Hey, where's the key? <laughs> I was like, dude, where's the key at? <laughs> Wasting so much time right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, because we were waiting to get on and uh, all game together, and it kept and it was eating into that time. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, that's yep. what I was trying to hurry up. I was like, all right, because I also wasn't sure if I ended the mission would I lose all my progress, which we found out. If you do that, no, you do not lose all your progress. Depending so that's, on what's going on. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I suppose that is true. Because I uh, lo- I did lose some progress in another side mission. Mm, that's unfortunate. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I put out a video today, wondering if this game was a live service before it was this. The reason why I wonder that I mean, there there's a few things that point to the idea that this was a live service. The the loot is one of them. I think it's that's a smaller reason, although a more in depth reason. This game has a rarity system, like David mentioned already. You know, white, green, blue, purple, gold. I don't know why it has a rarity system with with the way this game functions. Loot guns drop, and they're either stronger or they're not. Some have more modifiers. Typically, the legendary guns have three modifiers. The purple guns have two. Blue also has two. Green has one, and then white has none. So... In typical fashion, as you gain levels, the the loot also gets stronger. So, okay, yeah. great. That's that's fine. Why did we need rarities to to display that? I mean, if the guns are getting stronger, the guns are getting stronger. Upgrade the guns. 
Like no, that, and that was loot- kind of something that was kind of frustrating a little bit. In a uh, I mean, game. upgrading the guns isn't necessarily like a staple of loot looter shooters. It's it's nice to have. I know the division does it, um, where you can modify and uh, take certain perks off of different guns and put them on new guns. Um, Borderlands started doing that, um, so it's it's not an impossible thing, but it's not like the standard. Yeah. usually with with loot based games uh the rarity doesn't just denote oh this gun is stronger usually it also denotes usefulness uh yeah. uniqueness the, besides modifiers uh which all the guns have after white <laughs> there there truly is no uniqueness to them other than they are stronger so i feel like if if they just would have taken the rarities off in this version of the game and not maybe whatever live service they might have been working on. Uh, it actually would have been more interesting to find a gun because it's like, ooh, like what's this gun that is? But otherwise, just to tell, hey, this gun is strong. Okay, well, I guess I'll pick up this gun. Sure. Okay. Fine. Great. Uh, and then sometimes you find, oh, it's it's really not even that much stronger than the one I got. Okay. So again, what's the point of the rarities here? So, so there's that. Um, uh the the um what's the word i'm looking for cosmetics there's a ton of cosmetics apparently like each character has a boatload of cosmetics that they could equip their collectibles in this game but at least as is they were originally for something else i can imagine those were originally used for a battle pass or micro you know something a store something like that that's entirely possible and they just reworked it into collectibles, which fine. That was a good way to rework it. But I think the biggest reason, and I think there's one more reason I can't remember right now, but uh, the biggest reason was after we beat the game. And <laughs> you beat the game, and I'm not going to spoil it, but you beat the game, and it is insinuated that there is more for you to do outside of replaying the exact same missions that you just did at a higher level. And it was like, oh, so like that was the end game. I see what is happening here. My batteries are dead. I don't I don't use. No, (laughs) we know you. you I found the key. We know you threw your controller at that point. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) He was standing so far Uh, away from the TV. He disconnected. (laughs) He's like, I don't want to see this game. Um. And I mean, it was so clear and distinct. The wow, yeah, I took that guy out. Um, it was so clear and distinct this ending that it's just like, oh yeah, because what happens after it is you get thrown into new game, new game plus, and you just start the game over with everything a little bit yeah. stronger. You don't you don't go so. into this little cliffhangery little little thing. So it feels like it was content that was just straight up gone. It's supposed to be what the end game grind was supposed to be for all these characters or something. Yeah. Um, So there, maybe I should have posted the video later so I could actually show the ending. (laughs) Um, Cause I don't, you know, there are some people who are going to play it and they're going to enjoy it. So I don't, I want to respect that and not spoil it, but um, yeah, it was, so I was like, wow, 
okay, this yeah. this was this was a different game. That's what it looks like. And that so and I the wonder, respawning vampire nests. That uh, yes, that was that's what it a, was. That was a giveaway. Yeah, so there are vampire nests where you go in, and 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 that is a great place to get loot. And uh, there's also a very strong vampire that shows up called the Rook, where after you destroy a certain number of vampires, which is showed by a meter, which I can't tell, you know, like what really triggers how much the meter moves. Yeah, I but, have no idea because it never popped up at all when I was playing single player. Oh, well, there you go. You had that bug. So, <laughs> um, so yes. So there's that. The vampire nests were basically mini dungeons where you go in and you find very a bunch of vampires in the nest. <laughs> yes, very mini dungeons. It, it was literally like the, a straight line. <laughs> at the end of them, you would go through a section and you'd have to do a little mini game first to kind of uh, trigger the event. But you had a time limit to collect the loot in there and, and get out or else you, you wouldn't leave with the loot. So it, yeah, I was actually, I was like, okay, that's an interesting idea. I don't know how this is going to play out, but it was an interesting idea. It wasn't, wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be, but that clearly, I was like, oh yeah, that that's a replayable thing. Like the vampire nests just keep showing up. So clearly that's a way for you to get more loot, stronger loot, all that. And then you have the Rook, this strong vampire, <laughs> no way your face is throwing me off well, right the, now. Uh, like, the animation of I'm assuming that was kind of like a a, a leeching effect that was on your character. Yes, it, yeah, it sucking the blood out of me it, from a distance because that's what vampires like a, do. Like a Microsoft Paint level like animation Oof. to me, and it just <laughs> I'm just like in awe. I was just like, am I seeing what you guys were? Seeing? You know, yeah, like, yeah, you are. What are you, you talking are. about, Noah? <laughs> yeah, like I'm over here going crazy watching consecutive minutes of Redfall. Yeah. Um, so yes, you fight this rook, and he's a very strong enemy, uh, very hard to dodge and very hard to deal with. But once you beat him, now again, loot. You get good loot. So those kind of things, repeatable, constant things, point to me as yeah, this was supposed to be an ongoing type of game. This was not a game. Um, I don't even think it was. I, I don't think it was more in line with destiny or borderlands, excuse me. I thought it was more in line with destiny in terms of like, no, this was supposed to be a live game. Um, in a way borderlands could be, but it's not. Yeah. So those were, those were the things that made me think maybe that's why this game was in the state it was in. Cause it was, it was supposed to be a live service game. They pivoted off of that. And in trying to change the design of a live service game to a single player co-op game with a definitive ending. They really have time to polish everything and get everything squared away in a reasonable amount of time to launch this game. You know what that makes me worried about, (laughs) which I'm we're already worried about it, but uh, it makes me worried about what's going to happen with um, suicide squad. Because this almost feels like the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's funny. I'm like, I tell this is what I say in my videos. Believe what you're looking at. <laughs> like, if it looks mm-hmm. suspect, believe it. 
because their job is to make something look as as cool and fresh and awesome as possible. And if it looks suspect in a trailer, if it looks suspect in gameplay videos, if you see a whole bunch of cuts during gameplay videos and all this other stuff, always showing the action and showing all all the juicy stuff, they don't want to show one moment of just regular, just straight six, ten minutes of gameplay. You better start asking questions. Well, now, now we see why Redfall didn't trailer well. Because remember, we kept saying that every time we would watch something new of it. Yeah. And and I would say, uh, to be fair to Redfall, in the first, I don't know, 10 minutes, I was like, oh, it's, this is better than the trailers. This is better than what I expected. And then everything started coming together. The bad design started showing up. The bugs started coming together. It was like, okay, okay, nope, this is this is really bad. This we is go, why it didn't we go turn in well. <laughs> yeah, it went all the way. I, yeah, so in in a way, Forspoken didn't even show up in that way. So, uh, and I was uh, leery of that game before it came out, and I was justified with that one too. So, um, yeah. So, you know, I had posted a video saying that I was not convinced after that final IGN preview and I got and I got roasted for it. I'm the one who came out on top on that one though. Just believe yep. what your eyes are seeing. Believe what your eyes are telling you. You know it. But I, I one thing I did notice about people who did like the game, it mostly wasn't about the gameplay. It was about the atmosphere and the feeling and things the things that really didn't have to do with the game itself which i found fascinating i'm not trying to discredit people if you like the game you like the game great yeah but i noticed those people really were like into the 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 idea of like i'm fighting vampires and the world is eerie and Nothing really about the game and how the gun and the shooting and how all that gameplay stuff comes together. I found that very fascinating, which this is less justifiable in what I'm going to say, but (laughs) I hope you understand what I'm going to say. I did not think Last of Us was a fantastic, beautiful game, like as a game. Everything came together from a story graphics pace uh um kind of the feel of what what that game was trying to give you like scared and like tense and all that like it did a fantastic job of that as a just pure gameplay though i didn't find it that fantastic there's a lot of stuff that was repetitive puzzle solving was repetitive some of the the horde systems very samey at times it was broken up and 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 maneuvered well enough to to make it not feel as repetitive but at some point like i had to like stop playing for a while because it was just like i this isn't i'm bored of the game the story is fantastic like that's what kept me going at the end of the day but the game was it but everybody when they talk about the last of us i got a friend he's like last of us is my favorite game of all time and i'm like why because the story because the fe- that's the stuff that really draws those people. And these are the people who like Redfall. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. These, this is where games are at this point. This is the audience it has branched out to. I'm fine with that. 
I just find it interesting how people look at games and determine whether they like it or not. I think it's just a fascinating, fascinating thing. Do you? That's all I'm saying. Do you? I'm just fascinated by that. I'm more of, I'm old school. I grew up on these Commodore 60, where it's all gameplay. Ain't no story involved. Is the gameplay good or not? That's the only thing I'm going to keep me going. That's where I, that's where I'm from. And so that's, that's the first thing I look like. I'm like, that's, that is the difference between games and everything else. I get to play something and it gets to intrigue me in that way. Yeah. The old, Redfall is does it not fun? Do that. The old, is it fun? That's always the way I look at it. That's the first well, that's question the thing. you answer. Like gameplay wise, The Last of Us was okay at, at, at a certain point. Yes, it was not as fun, but I had fun with that game. Yeah, it was, it was good. But I had to take in all of it. Like it, yeah. that game couldn't rest on just gameplay to, oh, yeah. to take me through. I don't know. Anything else about Redfall? There's lots of things I feel like we could say. <laughs> And there are more things that we will have to say regarding some of it in the at the end of the podcast. But I yeah, think we need a true. palate. I think we need a palate cleanser. All right, that was well, Redfall Part One. <laughs> the sequel right? is coming up. Cliffhanger for that. So let's talk about Ravenlock, Noah. I don't even know what that game is. What is Ravenlock? So we're moving from a game that you know in Redfall that foundationally is flawed and bad and then expands and is still flawed and bad. Um, and we're moving to Ravenlock, which foundationally has something really, really good about it. And that I really enjoyed. Um, and then when you expand further, there are some things that need more depth and some adjustments. And with a, that course correction, uh, Magic, I, th- I think, is what this team has on their hands. So, for those who don't know Ravenlock, it's a, I hate to call it an action-adventure RPG, because uh, it's really just more of an adventure game. Uh, there's not really much RPG or anything like that uh, elements in it. So, it's a Alice in Wonderland-inspired story. It's an indie game. Uh, it's available on Game Pass. Uh, same as uh, thou who must not be named uh, and so you start off the story it kind of parallels Alice in Wonderland where you have a young uh, girl who has moved into the countryside with her mother and father she's kind of bored she doesn't really like it there she misses the city friends stuff like that she finds a mirror in a abandoned barn shed that they um happen to have she gets transported to a magical world much very much parallels alice in wonderland um you get to name your character which uh is kind of was kind of interesting for me because you know i don't know if they're trying to make a connection but you name your character when you get transported to this magic kingdom you're met with a talking rabbit who informs you that you are prophecy you're the prophecy who will come appear and save the corrupted kingdom from the magic evil queen. So very much Alice, you know, the queen of hearts, you know, saving that. And his, you know, 
justification for telling you this is the prophecy says that a girl with raven hair, raven colored hair, and who loves adventures will be the one, you know, the prophecy chosen. And the girl's like, I got raven colored hair and I like adventures, so it sounds good. And you both agree to it, um, which is really kind of meta funny in my opinion she's like all right like <laughs> you got me <laughs> like i fit right. both criteria you know um and so you know he tells you you know you need to go to these different areas there's three main areas you'll go back and forth through to do certain quests and to obtain the ability i guess to confront the evil queen caterpillar and so you make your way, you know, you go to each area, you have to go back and forth, um, doing a quest line. And that's, that's kind of the main story. It, um, is very simple. You know, we all know the tale of Alice in Wonderland. Uh, it, it follows that almost to the T. So the, the narrative as a whole, um, foundationally, you've got really good fantasy, fairy tale, magical aspects. The only thing that you know held is holding it back is it doesn't really expand past that um all we know about the girl who they call ravenlock because ravenlock's in her hair that's the prophecy name the only thing we know about her is she's this girl like i said who moves she doesn't really go through any like character development or changes or any stress where she has to you know increase her character depth uh same thing with the evil caterpillar queen um she's evil because she's evil that's all we really know and that's all we really get um the characters you meet along the way they don't really do much they're just like hey i'm this person trapped or hey i need you to go do this um but it's a foundationally they have what i think could be really good if they can just expand on the narrative um, but other than that, it, it's linear with Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> that's that's the best thing uh, that I can say for it. Uh, graphically, it's got a pixel art style, which I was really impressed with. I liked it. There was that's not what I expected. Th- Do what? That's not what I expected. I uh, a pixel art style. I I didn't either, and because um, I had. Uh, Coco Cucumber is who made this their new studio. And I went back and looked at some of their previous titles, and that's kind of their thing. A lot of their games mm, are pixel okay. art. So it's um it adds into this magical element um and fairy tale aspect. Cause there's a mushroom kingdom that it's I don't see it used a lot, and I'm surprised it's not more. It almost had a like black light aesthetic where, you know, imagine if you, you know. I'm a big fan of putt putt and you know, the black light golf courses it's, you know, vibes like that. Uh, so I really sure. enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, I, I recommend, or I cannot, uh, stress how fun the graphics were. Uh, so from there, I'm going to move into the gameplay, which foundationally, I think they have some really good ideas and stuff. Um, but it's just very shallow. So you have a sword and shield with your sword. You have one attack button and it's kind of a slash. And that's simply it. You slash back and forth. Um, 
as many times and as fast as you can press the button, that's how fast you can attack. <laughs> uh, your shield, you can hold to block, and it, it doesn't block the full damage. It just blocks partial damage. Um, and when you take damage, you have a stamina bar underneath your health bar that as you take damage, it depletes your stamina bar. Great concept. I liked it. Um, it was irrelevant, though, because you had a dash that you could infinitely use with no cooldown. So akin to Hades with the dashing around. So the shield was... Hades, Hades there was a cooldown, though. You had to earn more dashes. Like the ability to dash everywhere at any time at any point. I must have picked a... Uh... What am I thinking though that gave me an infinite dash? I remember I had more dashes than these. What am I thinking? You could dash like you could dash a lot, but you couldn't be like do 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 do. You know, as as you wanted, you had to wait. Oh, a I, I know bit. why I'm thinking of Hades. That's I wanted the game to be balanced like Hades. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, okay. Of. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah, so this one you, if they would have made it to where your dash used your stamina, that would have been good but this you could literally yeah, just zoom great. around and so there was no point in using weird. your shield because you could just dash and block all the attacks um you have four special abilities that are binded to your left and right bumper and your left and right trigger they were on a cooldowns they were okay they were kind of accessories you didn't really even have to use them except for boss fights because the enemies you could attack with your just basic sword attack so fast that you could literally stun lock every enemy except bosses. <laughs> so there wasn't really any difficulty or strategy. You could just literally just ta 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 ta, you know, stun lock everything. Um, but I like the concept of having a shield that can block, that can take down your stamina bar, but also a dash. That if it also took down your stamina bar, it could really give good synergy. Like sometimes I'll dash, sometimes I'll you know shield. Uh, so I like I like the foundation of it. It just needs a little bit of balancing, some tweaking here and there. Uh, and so you're probably thinking, how do I progress the story? So it's got a quest system that I thought was the best part of the game because it didn't give you straight up, hey, go here to grab this item to cause this effect to happen to let you talk to this next character or to progress farther in the game. It was very vague in its descriptions of instruction and even the NPCs, or if they're like, hey, I saw this person held this in their office or whatever. If you went there, like very hints, clues, almost nothing straightforward, which I really liked. There's a lot of quests and it, you know, so you're starting to do things. And you're like, how does this all, I need to get from the mushroom kingdom to the greenhouse. How, how do I go there? And you realize that you have to go back and forth between the places to grab certain things that you might've missed. And you're, you're starting to click and things are going, you know, two and two is equaling four slowly, but surely. 
And so by the end of it, and you've gotten all the items that you need to, to unlock the door to confront the queen, it's like all the stuff that you had been doing beforehand, all of these little searching for keys or finding a elevator um, handle, it all comes together and kind of just tink, 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 boom, you're in, which I thought was really cool. I, I don't see very many games that do that where it's you're doing all of these things that seem random and then boom, everything clicks and you know, you're confronting the final boss. So yeah, I, I really dug the the quest system. Um the uh, thing that I, I had to point out, I don't know if it was a bug or if it was a intentional game design. You do have items and consumables in this game. Um kind of akin to zelda you have uh some potions like health potions that you can do and then there are certain bombs that you can throw at enemies and do uh like fire poison um that you can purchase at a shop for coins coins you obtain by breaking pots hidden throughout the uh each area of the kingdom if you want to call it um I don't know if is if I could consider it the next point, but there was a couple of areas where there was a lot of pots, which is very evident of like, hey, we want you know to give you some money to go buy some stuff, whether you had just progressed through a certain area or not. Um, but you could fast travel back and forth, and each time you fast traveled, the pots would respawn. So you uh, could yeah. you, it was a very easy farm system. Um, Classic and Nintendo farming type of thing. You very know, much NES days. Very and like. The medium potion, there there was no like health increases or anything like that. The medium potions mm. would almost fill your entire health bar back up. So there was no point in buying large potions. Um, and where you could stun lock all of the, I guess, standard enemies, you could just buy up enough, you know, bombs that during a boss fight, there was no cooldown on throwing the bombs. So you could just, you know, chuck bombs and instantly beat the boss. Um, so yeah, some, some economy, I pointed out some economy changes and some balances, I think is all you need. Like there's, I liked what they had, but sounds like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it's not a very long game. It's an indie game. It's about six to eight hours. It's not anything crazy. I, um, I, I brought up a title that I gave games back for my days at GameStop. Um, I call them weekend games which is kind of games that give you a break from these big AAA, you know, endeavors that it's a good game. Just play on a weekend, a couple hours, you'll knock it out. Um, so yeah, overall, I, you know, even with all of the, I guess, negatives that I said with simplicity, shallow, you know, I still had a blast playing it. It's still really fun to play. And I think that, um, I think I'll, I'll use the phrase, um, they have the blueprint to really make a good series. Cause you could do other fairy, you know, other novel inspirations. Um, you could even make a sequel with this game the way they end it. So, um, I'm pretty sure Alice went back to Wonderland a couple of times. Uh, it's not anything, <laughs> right. you know, unheard of. So I think some expansion on the narrative, some combat tweaks, some changes here and there. I, I think they have a formula that could really do some cool stuff. So yeah, like I said, the foundation stuff's there. 
they just need a little bit more, a little bit of tweaking, some, some details and some adjustments. Um, and yeah, it, it's a fun, it is a really fun game. And I, I recommend it. I think I, I gave it a 70, I think was my score. So yeah, nice. it's a lot better than Redfall. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. You, it it's it's a very issues, but. like I said, there there the issues didn't they are issues, but it's you still have fun playing it, and I still enjoy sure. it, especially the questing, the questing back and forth with areas, and like my monkey brain trying to be like you know where is this elevator handle that I need, and so I'm trying to you know retrace my steps. Um, I didn't point it out in my review because at first it annoyed me and I was like, this is going to be a problem. But then by the end of the game, it didn't bother me at all. The camera angle, a lot of the game is 2d in terms of not visually, but like it's very linear back and forth. And then you have, when you get to an area, it opens up in a little bit of 3d ishness. Um, but you can't rotate your camera behind you. Mm. So you, your camera only imagine almost like a ice cream cone. Like that's your camera. You can't, yep. you look behind you or anything like that. Um, which I thought at first was going to be a problem because I'm like, well, what if enemies get behind me? What if I'm missing items or clues, hints? But the game is designed and laid out that it never becomes a hindrance. Everything is set out in front of you to find. Um, so it might take, you know, throw some people off, but I actually enjoyed it. And by the end of it, I just forgot, you know, that it was even a concept because you get used to how the game you know, the camera angle moves and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I recommend this game, especially uh, if you need a good palate cleanser on the weekend, you know, and it's on game pass, which I think I called it out. That's a good home for it. It it definitely feels like a good indie game on game pass. Okay. When you were talking about the story and how it started off and it was kind of like, you know, we just need a girl who's got raven hair and logs I was I was thinking I was like what if they had this twist at the end where she wasn't the actual savior it was like you got to go like, find another girl who's going like, like, to like go through all this and it's like the actual the hero shows got it up wrong later. the whole time the actual hero shows up is like okay I'm here I've made it I'm the prophet you know the one by prophecy and they're like we kind of already did it you're you know, right like we 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 already you know completed the game so, yeah, uh, it was just such a little like meta joke that was thrown in there that I really she's yeah. like got me like <laughs> you're too yeah. too. Like. <laughs> this is we already know the story, so yeah, sure, yeah, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll, I'm gonna check that out. I'm gonna check that out. I got a good palate cleanser waiting in the Xbox though. So, Star Wars. It is not as good as Star Wars Survivor. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying like yeah. that's my palate cleanser oh, yeah, <laughs> coming just, up. Oh, I need to get yeah. back. I need to get back to Survivor and play some more. Yeah, yeah. All right, David. News. News. Well, <laughs> really, there's one big thing on the agenda, and that is what Phil Spencer said today. He jumped on the. Kind of funny games, X-Cast. So essentially some people had thought, oh, wow, he's getting on this directly after 
all this stuff is going on. What is going on? Most of the time, most people won't do that. So this was actually planned beforehand. So this was a, this wasn't a kind of funny was like, Hey, come on the podcast because of all this crap that's gone on. No, they, they actually planned this ahead of time, but you know, you got to give uh, Phil Spencer props because he still showed up. He could have very easily canceled this showing. I give him credit for, you know, showing up to this entire interview. So yeah. there are a couple of different sections to what happened, I guess is really the easiest yeah, way to put it him. in the 40 minutes. Um, the first section was about Redfall. Um, he apologized for the launch of the big first party and claimed that they will work on improvements for the game. Uh, the question, of course, is what kind of improvements? Uh, addressing the disappointing reception, uh, he claimed that they did not expect such a negative reception to the game, citing that there were internal mock reviews which alleged that it would have been much higher, apparently double digits higher. So apparently they had some internal mock reviews that had Redfall's score being a lot higher than it actually ended up, which is a very intriguing. I think that's the first time I've ever heard that being a thing. I'm sure it probably is. What, mock reviews? Yeah, that's that's, that's the your first, first time, time hearing about that. First time I've heard of internal, like the internal mock reviews kind of stuff. I, it makes sense. Oh, yeah. It's just yeah, I haven't do, really oh, heard yeah. people talking about that ahead of time. You know, it's oh, something you guess, but you don't hear you don't hear a lot of publishers talking about that specifically. Um, but he's also suggested that delaying the game further wouldn't have solved its biggest issues, which I fully agree with uh, upon play, playing it. Yeah. Um, and he said, there's nothing more that's more difficult for me than disappointing the Xbox community. I've been a part of it for a long time. I obviously work on Xbox. I'm the head of the business. I have a lot of friends and get a lot of feedback. And just to kind of watch the community lose confidence, be disappointed. I'm disappointed. I'm upset with myself. Um, trying to see some of the different points here without reading the entire thing here. <laughs> so there, he said that there are quality issues and we're working on those, but a fundamental piece of feedback that I get from Redfall reviews is that the game isn't realizing the creative vision that it had for players. This doesn't feel like a, Hey, just to lay it. That feels like the game had a goal to do one thing. And when players are actually playing, they're not feeling that, which again, can fully agree with when right. I play it. I do not see what, this whole creative vision is uh, he did double down with arcane and that he supports them, their track record that they just didn't make it happen. I do too. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I do as well. You should allow teams to be creative. Um, one interesting thing he actually said, learning about the quality and I know there are bugs. I've seen them in Redfall. When I look at the crash rates within, with the game, because we get all the telemetry for everything, it's not out of proportion for a game that is just launched. It's kind of in the pocket of what we'd expect. That's not to deny any of the animation, streaming of texture, AI bugs. We will go to work on that. I don't think anybody's really worried about crashes <laughs> with this game. I had it happen once. And yeah. uh, like, it's, it's the fact that everything else is... It's not just a crash issue. It's a, there's lots of broken things in the game. My T posing uh, citizen who was being fed on by a vampire says hello. Um, he said that Arcane, of course, they'll continue to support Redfall. 
just like Rare did with Sea of Thieves. This is not the same situ. This is not the same situation though, because Redfall is not what Sea of Thieves is. Uh, So Redfall is not a live service game, at least as it It is right now. It may have been intended as a live service game. It is not. Yeah. Which they do have two additional characters that are launching as DLC, so they've got to at least get that out to at least appease the people who have paid for them. Uh, Yep. One of the more interesting things that. Spencer said was he believed that they should have done more early in the game's development and providing assistance to Arcane, which was, as he put it, when we acquire studios, there are games that are in development and there are, then there are things that either that are either really early in development or not conceived yet. I think we need to improve in engaging with games that are midway through production when they are become a part of Xbox. I do think there's a different expectation for a game and a team. When you've been third party and all of a sudden you become first party, there's a different expectation in terms of how you're going to perform on our console. And I think there's a different competitive set when people look at what this game is and say, hey, I want this game to feel competitive as this other game on another console platform. Uh, and we didn't do a good job early on in engaging Arcane Austin to really help them understand what it meant to be a part of Xbox and part of first party and use some of our internal resources to help them move along on that journey faster. So one of the things they've actually said that he does say in the interview is that Starfield, for instance, they have actually helped Bethesda with building Starfield, but it sounds like they really didn't do anything to help Arcane. (laughs) I'm guessing just with the feeling that it was much further along in whatever it was, uh, which if our assumptions are right, it was a live service game and the year delay it was may to not strip have those by that point. And those the year was to strip those elements out <laughs> or to strip certain things out. Who knows? But that's kind of some of what they're saying. Uh, one of the things, one of the issues they've had is uh, Arcane switched over to Unreal and Arcane wasn't as familiar with Unreal, obviously Unreal is the base for a lot of things So, and is more user-friendly so you can get there. But one of the things he brought up was, hey, we have some great studios that have done a lot of good things for Unreal. We could have sent somebody over to help with that. So that's a lot of, that's what Phil said about Redfall. What do you guys think on all of all of that. That's a lot to digest. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, that's a, a, yeah, there. there, there there's a lot to digest on what he said. Yeah. Uh, do you do you want to go first, Noah, or do you want to? Uh, yeah, go first? sure. I'll I'll, I'll okay. lead. Um, I I think this is Phil acknowledging that, like, hey, we know this didn't land. Um, you know, you can put your pitchforks and stuff down. Like they they know, and and. I don't think he is, you know, happy at all because no one, no one wants to put out a bad game. And let me say he, he seemed as much in the interview, like that came through. So I, I think he's also, you know, I did appreciate that he is backing, you know, and defending arcane because they're, they're a good studio. Like we all know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think there is a lot of things that he wishes he could talk and say, um, but obviously he can't. And, you know, it'd be nice to have full transparency on what happened and what caused, you know, its release in the 
the state that it is. Um, like you said, Anthony, how do they get there? You know, because like foundationally, there's some things that just. I think it, you know maybe they could have stepped in and helped earlier. I don't know if sending a couple of guys to Arcane to like, hey, you know, we're here. We know Unreal. We we're here we got this. you. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that would have solved all the issues. Um, I, I'm hoping, or what I'm thinking is, you know, they're hoping of, hey, we we know this is bad. We need to just kind of learn from it and move on you know because they're they're such a their company they can't i almost compare it to like a sports team you know when you have a bad playoff run you know and you you go down bad and you don't perform well you don't play well nothing seems to go your way you can't dwell on it the entire off season you've got to pick yourself back up and you know how good of a team you are and that way when you start your next season you're ready to go you know, and show how good you are. So I, I think that's, for me, that's the kind of mentality I think they're trying to go with um, that, Hey, we'll, we'll get on the next one. Like we're better than this. We know that. Um, so yeah, that that's, that's kind of my thought process. And it, it kind of feels like he's the owner who's like, Hey, I know we didn't play good. <laughs> you know, we yeah. could have all done things that, you know, like any game that comes out and doesn't perform well, um, we all we know that there are things that we should have done, and hindsight's twenty twenty. If we could have done more, you know, we probably should have. So, well, it, Jez Corden said in an article this week, I, I think it was this week, li- literally said, you know, whether they like it or not, even if Redfall was on Bethesda, it was mostly done all these things before Microsoft bought them, wh- whatever it eventually became. Whether they like it or not, it doesn't look good on Microsoft. Even if it right. was one of those, yeah. well, it, yeah. we didn't actually make these decisions. It, it's still under your umbrella. Whether mm-hmm. you like it or not, you're going to have to acknowledge it just the same way as if you're going to take credit for Hi-Fi Rush being so great for the brand, you're going to have to take it when Redfall is bad for the brand. Yeah, you, you have to, you know, roll with the punches, you know. Things won't always, you won't always have hi-fi rushes, you know, and all of these, like, you're going to have games that just come out and they're bad, uh, but it's how you move on from them, you know? Yeah. So. And Phil talked about that. I mean, mentioning when they acquired Bethesda and ZeniMax, yeah, they didn't send anybody to Arcane or, you know, uh, maybe, maybe they did just not in the level that they you know, Phil was actually talking about, well, we'll just presume nobody. They didn't send anybody to Arcane to check on them. And Hey, yeah, I got, Oh, you know, he didn't set the expectations of, Hey, you guys are first party now with us, Xbox. These are expectations. This is what we're aiming for. This is the plan. This is, this is why we acquired you. This is what we're expecting. Uh, This is where we are. We are third place in the console race. (laughs) So like, we need this thing to be a banger. Um, he didn't do that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's growing pains on Phil's part. This was yep. his first huge acquisition period. It, you don't know everything. Yes. Microsoft has acquired many things <laughs> over, mm-hmm. over the years. Um, but you don't always get the, you don't always get help when you're a manager at times you know you just you are the head of the thing 
go figure it out is yeah. is how a lot of uh managers handle things sometimes you, you know you're in you're in that middle area and you know Satya Nadella wasn't talking to Phil. Talk, hey, like, here's what you do after you get a huge acquisition. Like this, you know. That's- Satya knows nothing about it. He's like, okay, you tell me what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they, they, I mean, they've acquired a lot of things, not as, not as big as this. Um, so, in, in terms of sheer number, yes, Microsoft under Satya has, has acquired in terms a few of gaming. <laughs> Well, yeah, but a, a merger and acquisition is still a merger and acquisition from yeah. a business perspective. There are things you can you can pass down principally when you are you know bringing in people who are adding something to your to your business. So I don't think they had that conversation. So yeah. uh, you know, Phil's getting this big acquisition and figuring things out. That's the yeah. reality. He acknowledges that. So good on him for doing that. And we've right, already ahead, talked. To, we've already talked about a lot of the mismanagement with stuff before, like some of the different. It, you know, it falls on a lot of different heads because it's not just one person that's behind the scenes of this. This is, as you said, growing pains, and the best thing they can do is learn from this. It really is because sometimes you got to fall flat on your face to learn how to pick yourself up and. This can't just be a we hear you moment <laughs> like we've gotten with some of the different issues in the past. Yeah, yeah. This has the him saying these things of we failed you pretty much in these in this interview. You have to let that be your motivator to be better, to put things. Up. You cannot be so hands off that you literally just said because we were so hands off, these things failed. Like we're not asking you to stifle creativity. We're just asking you to hold people accountable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just check in. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, okay, it looks like y'all are having trouble here. What do you need? You know, like, yeah. figure out figure out what the needs are, meet the needs. Well, and we were talking, I was talking with some friends recently about uh, Shuhei Yoshida went to play God of War 2018 six months before it came out. And some of it was, he just, some he doesn't like some games. So that's part of it with it. Sure. But it was in such a bad state six months before launch that from what Corey Bar- Barlog said, Shuhei played it, he was shaking his head, and he pretty much, he didn't even say a word to him, he just walked out shaking his head. <laughs> and that was a huge yeah. motivator to Corey to, this needs to get on track. Yeah. So, obviously we know Corey is a, he, PlayStation is littered with really good internal team managers. With Corey, with Neil Druckmann, with Ted Price over at Insomniac. We know they have a lot of really smart people. But when you have a motivator like Shuhei Yoshida who can go to these different studios and do those kind of things, it helps. And and Phil's got to find his people like that. Because it's not just enough to have for Phil to go to these studios and have conversations. He's got to have management who are going to take that to heart. The, the yeah. indie studios it, it's not enough if phil says something and i'm not saying that harvey smith isn't but if harvey smith just is like oh, okay whatever <laughs> i'm just gonna build my own game <laughs> whatever well I here's do. the thing Here, here's the thing to your point Corey was on this mission building god of war 2018 and i'm sure in his mind he thought it was okay 
yeah. in the six month mark. You know, we, we hear all the time about game development. It really doesn't come together until the end. Yeah. So at his point, six months, it's about to come out. He's thinking it's, it's, it's gotta be in pretty good shape right now. So he's thinking, uh, Shuhei walks in and just walks out with his head shaking. Now it's like, Oh, frick. Right. For Harvey Smith, it could have been a very similar situation. Like in his mind, he's, you know, these guys are so close to the game. It's hard to pull back and see yeah. what it really is. The so imagine, picture. you know, I know Phil, he, he, he's got, he's more optimistic and all that, but as at least he says himself in this interview, but imagine if Phil went and played Redfall, you know, a year, six months before it came out and he sat there and was playing it and looked at Harvey. I don't know, man. <laughs> <You> know, <so laughs> the, yep. Ah, there's, I don't think, you know, like he's probably going to be yeah. more optimistic and, and, and gentle about it. Not, not gentle in like a soft way, but you know, he's not going to crush somebody. Yeah. Um, but you know, imagine what would have happened, you know, Harvey Smith might've had that like, okay, no, we need to, we need to get this thing together. But those conversations, those kind of things didn't happen. So yep. to Phil's credit, he says on air, that's a lesson we learned. Yep. This is what we have to do. Well, I mean, we the did way it with they, Starfield. When they've talked and literally said that Bethesda has more or less, they paid money and then Bethesda's operated just about exactly the same. Yeah. Like it's very yeah. small integration. It's like, dude. It, yeah. Y- y'all and are I- trying to purchase night like what 16 something studios to add you gonna have to make sure you're good with bethesda before you go stick an activision blizzard in here well yeah to his point i i get the idea of hey we're buying we're buying y'all but we know y'all have a great track record we're not trying to mess anything up i get that perspective however Phil has realized that even though they're they're still doing their thing, and that's fine, you're still doing it now under Xbox. And so again, he's setting the expectations, he's setting the standards. And so it, it is a greater thing. This is a multi-billion dollar company. This is they're part of the SP 500. You know, they, they this, there's a lot greater factors now that are involved with being a part of Xbox. You know, this is the strategy. This is what we're, you know, they got Phil's talking to these people about what the ultimate strategy is, you know, with mobile, with game pass, with everybody playing on different screens. And, you know, this, this is the long term. Maybe, you know, maybe the, the ground floor developers don't know these things, but you know, uh, uh, Todd, Todd Howard knows, you know, what the, what the ultimate plan is. So, um, for Phil to finally get that, like, no, I'm trying to build a culture here and Bethesda has not been a part of that culture. So I got to bring Arcane in. I got to bring Bethesda in. I got to bring all the other studios, a part of Zenimax in on this so that we're all on the same page. You guys know the expectations. You guys know the standard of what we need to do so that I can let y'all do your thing. But now you understand you could do your thing, but you're doing it with our standards, with our expectations, with our vision of the future. They didn't have that before, apparently. 
Now they do. Perhaps now we're going to start seeing that. And you're not really going to see the change like that. It's it's not going to... It's a huge business. It's Microsoft and it's corporate. So it's going to take a while. But if Phil really did learn what at least I'm perceiving of what he said that he learned, I think there is a good road ahead for my for Microsoft and Xbox. Agreed. Based on that. Mm-hmm. Gotta learn. Gotta learn from your mistakes. That's the only way to make it forward. Here's something I realized about the mock review stuff, though, like you, that you mentioned. I So I knew about mock reviews, and I understood that. I even mentioned it in one of my videos. I think I said, there's no way you mock reviewed this game and was like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> like, yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. What I didn't, what I haven't understood, and understand, at least I'm, ta- I'm speaking for me, I sit somewhere between like, consumer and media. So I'm like, yep. like not all the way in media, but I'm not also all the way consumer. I know more things than you gotta have the perspectives. Would. Yeah. Yeah. But what, what I'm saying is I just, I don't know as much as like a, a Jeff Gertzman, you know, <laughs> like he's yeah. been here for a long time. Who's talked with so many people. And so with mock reviews, I always assumed they played the game mostly that we played more or less and then they go around and figure out what the the average will be in scores it actually sounds like they mock review before the game is like finished because they need to know is this concept actually good enough that's what it sounded like as he was explaining that almost feels like they mock reviewed off the previews (laughs) or they mock reviewed off the concept yeah. Right, because he said the design, like the the uh, the design, really didn't hit at the end, um, but the concept and like what it was supposed to be and all that, maybe that is what they mock reviewed, and they were like, mm-hmm. yeah, that that sounds that sounds really good. Your concepts, how you plan on executing this, your ideas, and then when it started getting, <laughs> when it actually started being put together and check up on it <laughs> they were expecting yeah this this thing that you told us about this idea yeah sure and we got what we got so it, it could differ for different studios in terms of how mock reviews work maybe maybe they do mock reviews near the end and see if there needs to be any last second changes or something maybe the six month kind of thing that happened with god of war uh or Perhaps in this case, it does seem like it happened earlier on in the process. Uh, so, because I'm like, I there's no way I could these guys would play this and be like, "Yep, like, gonna, expecting tr- much higher scores. double digits." Well, it's yeah. just <laughs> it's just odd at this point that it was even coming out last September. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the delay. Yeah. It's like this is what we got at. <laughs> Destin Legary from IGN shared uh, the delay announcement, which was on uh, May 12th of last year. We've been made the decision to delay Redfall and Starfield the first half of 2023. Teams have incredible ambitions for their games. We want to ensure you receive the best, most polished versions of them. Destin said, if this was the best, most polished version of Redfall, I'd have hate to see where it was a year ago. Seriously. <laughs> like, 
Seriously. Yeah. It it was something. It was Just, something. Like on the whole like mock review thing, like I'm I'm kinda with David. Like that's the first time I've heard that like people like publicly talking about it, you know, like in an interview for me. Um, you know, saying that like it mocked review like much higher scores, you know. And and my only thought was like, I wonder what games like Elden Ring. Like I want to know like if that got like mock review and people were like I don't know, Chief. You know, and they're like, all right, well we gotta, you know, release it and then it releases to like I wonder how many times that has happened where there's like, oh what yeah, <laughs> like, like, where, oh, where what are the ones where it's way better yeah, than like way, way higher, yeah. you know. So you'd be you'd be surprised how like honest these these kind of people are. Like you know, obviously they want their game to be good, but you gotta. You also understand, like these people, they're beholden to a lot of different <laughs> people and whatnot. So that there has to be a level of honesty, and so I'm pretty sure whoever whoever mock reviewed Elden Ring was like, "Yep, that looks good. Keep going." <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure they saw the problems with Redfall, but maybe to David's point. At some point, it was just like you know, at this cut bait. It's yeah. not. It's it's not coming together, guys. Um. So, then finish it, release it. We'll take the L from here. You know, <laughs> we were we were talking about it as like that's that may be the least expensive option. Like they were in a lose lose lose. In okay, if we cancel it, then we obviously lose all that time and money. If we reboot this. You're talking two to three years of development time. So that's working on a project that's already not working. <laughs> and it's spending two to three years worth of money on it. So that's a lose. Or <laughs> we put out this bucket of crap. <laughs> it's better than nothing. It's something that goes out the door. We kind of try to refine it as we can. We, rec- like you said, recoup some of the value and... We deal with the bad press. Um, of course, they obviously didn't think the bad press was going to be nearly as bad as it ended up, uh, as yep. they said from mock reviews. So to them, it probably seemed like a lot worse. And obviously, all of this is exacerbated from the fact of Microsoft has not had a big AAA game in, since Halo Infinite launched. And a, and a big AAA exclusive. Uh, I'm not counting Hi-Fi Rush. It's not a big AAA exclusive. It's a fantastic game. Not a AAA exclusive. So it's a lot worse when you've got these thirsty customers who've been waiting because all these getting Wulong, getting Atomic Heart, all these things are awesome. But the reason people sub to Game Pass is for the Xbox first party exclusives. So (laughs) when I finally get a big exclusive and it's a turd (laughs) and it's been a year and a half since I've gotten something big first party. I'm going to be kind of upset about it. And I think that's yep. really what's happening with a lot of mm-hmm. people is they're, they're just really upset after all yep. of this. And which I was just like, David, you, you are, you might be a fortune teller because I, <laughs> you know, legitimately, you know, you call it like Starfield will now, I think be their most important game. <laughs> like I, I can't <laughs> tell you how like, many times on Twitter I have actually typed cough, cough, and then linked my article like, below what somebody has like said about it, Starfield. You know, just like comment, yeah. just like. I was like, and they've been, and one of, one of the people was like, bro, you, you were speaking from the future. 
literally <laughs> prophesied. Because I wrote this like, like a month or two ago. <laughs> it it's important. It ha- it has to be, and they better <laughs> know that this ha- has to be good. Um. Oh, speaking yeah. speaking of all of that, they were asked about the whole twelve month plan thing, and mm. if that worked. And Phil Spencer was like, "No, we didn't deliver." <laughs> He's like, yeah, "There's yeah. no He's necessarily out. about this. We didn't deliver." He didn't even uh, let Paris finish the question. Nope. It was like he was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that was one of those like there you could hear in the interview there was a couple of, there was some. PR obviously answers because you can't you can't just answer everything honestly. That's just mm-hmm. the way it works. But there were moments like that where it's like, oh yeah, this is him just straight up answering <laughs> yeah, this yeah. directly. And he was given, of course, the list of games that we don't know a lot of things about, like Avowed, like Perfect Dark, all these different things. And he said talking about this year's showcase, but he said he's not going to try and oversell it. But if he was on the other side of it watching, it's like, hey, after Redfall, I'm going to put my hands on a controller and that's what it's going to take to prove it to me. He said, that's not what this showcase is. He says, so I'm very enthusiastic about this showcase. We're going to announce some things people haven't seen, some new games, going to give updates on some other things that were on your list. The only thing out of that that does worry me a little bit is when you say announcing new things people haven't seen just for the sheer sake of if you're going to show me something, Phil, it'd better be something that's coming soon and it'd better be gameplay. I cannot deal with more CGI trailers for video games. (laughs) We already have enough games that are on that list of things that are only CGI trailers. Like, yeah, yeah. If you're doing this showcase, obviously they're talking about things are finally starting to line up after some of the COVID slowdown. Things people are going to be excited for, you know. But they they show off Gears of War six, even if it's a logo. I'm going to be excited. I love Gears. Gears is one of my sure. favorites. I'm hoping that Coalition just takes it even further than I've ever thought. Um, I mean, to be fair to Xbox, they do tend to show gameplay when when it's time. When, when it's time, I'll give them that. But recently, they've showed a lot of CGI, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Fable and Avowed mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Forza, Con- we Contraband, really which we literally have no idea when right. ever that's that disappeared. But they they even put out gameplay for Halo Infinite when it was not looking good. So yeah. <laughs> they, they well, will I'll put g- out some stuff that. to show it. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> time. But yeah, it's it's one of those things of it's like pe- people don't need more games. That's not what you need to do. Really, you got to focus on okay. We've got this ready, so we, yeah, we need to yeah, see more. We Hellblade gameplay, avowed mm-hmm. gameplay stuff is anything that is ready to like. I know that the whole twelve month thing, that that stuff was all stuff that was supposed to be ready to ship. But you've really got to show like you don't have to date things. People don't realize you don't have to just hard date all these things. This is what's in the next twelve months. The the game industry can be a bit fluid with that kind of stuff. Just because something worked today doesn't mean it works tomorrow. Uh, we know that sure, from yeah. we know that from The Last of Us Part Two. They announced a date only to a week later delay it. Um. So you've just got to to me. You've really got to dig into if you've got what stuff you've got gameplay for that you you know can get people excited about the brand again and, and show that. Uh, it, you, you can't, as much as I love Gears 
and will be excited for a Gear 6 announcement. I, I don't want another CGI trailer for something I'm not getting for two, three years. Because if it's a CGI trailer, it's probably two to three years out. That, yeah. That, that's just kind of... That's that's what I can expect from Xbox given their track record right now. That that's yeah. that's the way I will put it. Sure, yeah, you're burned out on that idea. Um, yep. I'm okay with announcement trailers and CGI. Like, hey, this is yep. we're working on this. Okay, great. Yep. Don't show nothing else until you got gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that initial announcement, sure, you all CG, fine, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, show some gameplay the next time you got and, it. And that's more what it's at, I think, at this point, is I'm burned on that. Whereas, like, for instance, with something like PlayStation, they can show me CGI because I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I I, I know what well, to expect. You know the rest of the I know what to expect from CGI, them. So. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a it's just a third person walking simulator, that's all. <laughs> 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 to to quote some of the absolute brain dead takes from know, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other brain dead quotes from Twitter is that Xbox is completely done. Uh, they are still going to exist, uh, whether or not you like Xbox or not. And I would be very upset if they didn't exist because, once again, one of my favorite franchises is the Gears of War franchise. I need my gears. Um, Xbox yeah. has made a lot of games that I've really enjoyed, and uh, you know they're they. I just hate that they find themselves again in a similar rut to where they were during the Xbox One. It's it's never going to be that bad, but we're closer to this than 360. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> it's fair. So, but Xbox's showcase it'll take place on Sunday, June 11th. Crossing my fingers that I get to go. Uh, should be fun. Oh. Should be awesome. And uh, hopefully, we'll get to see some really cool stuff. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, seeing if Hellblade Two manages to make this year. All I will say is, Phil, if you're playing that and it doesn't look right. Shake your head. S- delay it. <laughs> delay <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Shake your head. What do you do? Delay it. If you have any inclination of mm, yep. delay it. Yep. In that moment, which he did go over why they delay games, um, which you, which you brought up, uh, David, uh, yeah. in the fact that uh, Redfall was not going to be a game that benefited from a delay. Not <laughs> so, at that point. <laughs> no yeah which phil acknowledged uh without actually saying like redfall was bad but it it is partially it, it mostly you know can a design be fixed can the bugs and whatnot be fixed in a reasonable delay time is yeah. is what phil uh considers i'm sure there are other factors he, he did not mention but that's what he considers. There was something else you wanted to talk about, I believe. Yes, it, it was essentially how the entire thing ended. Uh, he claimed, of course, that the console is the core brand of Xbox, uh, but iterated that they did need to focus on the wider gaming market, which I understand that that has been their focus. No, don't in qualify general. yet. Just finish it. Just finish it. But during the <laughs> end of it, he was asked if they've taken their eye off the console market by focusing too much on PC. And he said that Microsoft would be wrong to think that just building great console games could help it overtake Sony and Nintendo in terms of hardware sales. 
Instead, it has chosen to pursue a different strategy to Japanese companies, one focused on fulfilling developers' dreams, visions of enabling customers to play their games on any screen. We're not in the business of out-consoling Sony or out-consoling Nintendo. Spencer said this isn't really a great solution or win for us. And I know that will upset a ton of people, but it's just the truth of the matter when you're in third place in the console market and the top two players are as strong as they are and have, in certain cases, a very, very discreet focus on doing deals and other things that kind of make being Xbox hard for us as a team. And that's on us, not anybody else, even though you literally just accused them of making it hard on you. He added, I see commentary that if you just build great games, everything would turn around. It's not... It's just not true that if we go off and build great games, then all of a sudden you're going to see a console share shift in some dramatic way. We lost the worst generation to lose in the Xbox One generation where everybody built their digital library of games. So when you go and you're building on Xbox, we want our Xbox community to feel awesome. But this idea that if we just focused more on great games on our console, that somehow we're going to win the console race, I think that doesn't lay into the reality of most people. Essentially, he was pushing the fact that because of digital People tend to stick with the library or the console that they had before because they can bring it with them to the next generation is is some of that argument, which isn't completely true on the Wii U side. You can rebuy everything (laughs) in the Switch version. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, But they're saying the continuity from generation to generation is strong. Uh, I see a lot of pundits out there that kind of want to go back to the time where we all had cartridges and discs and every new generation was a clean slate and you could switch the whole console share. That's just not the world we are in today. There's no world where Starfield is an 11 out of 10 and people start selling their PS5. That's not going to happen. Did you, did you transcribe all of that? No, I'm actually, uh, 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 VGC actually wrote it all down. Okay, I was like, thank you, BGC. (laughs) You should have said yes. I've been like, (laughs) baller, baller. (laughs) Like, yeah, <laughs> that was your moment to flex. Yeah. No, thank you, thank you, VGC. Yep. So I had an AI bot do it for him anyway. So <laughs> thank you yep. anyway. But I, I think it's a bit of a defeatist attitude. I'm not saying that. I understand that. Obviously, it is tough to compete in this space. Because you do have two... Nintendo and PlayStation are very strong. Now, you could argue that PlayStation at the beginning of this generation was a bit weaker. Like, they they weren't able to get the chips they needed to build the consoles to send out. They were having struggles with a lot of bad press from, oh, well, you're just... (laughs) You're doing cross-gen games and they cost $70 and... All of this. So Microsoft, honestly, at the beginning of this gen was riding a high, in my opinion, at least like it was that first year was really great. And then it just kind of all bottomed out when they started having some struggles with getting some of these games out in in that second year. But I, I do think that there's a huge difference in. The statement, there's no world where Starfield is an 11 out of 10 and people start selling their PS5. That's not going to happen. I agree that people aren't going to sell their PS5. But geez, man, you made a 299 console in the Series S. If Starfield is a phenomenal game, people going to go pick up a Series S just to play it. Or they're going to make sure they get it on PC. You've got to make, like, if 
if your business is about video games, you have to have video games. And largely, you want to have great video games. Um, I, I agree that exclusive games aren't the only thing because you've got to have solid deals across the board. Uh, but to make your console attractive, to make your business model attractive, like xCloud, like Game Pass, you've got to have great games on there. And like I said, I, I feel like it's a bit of a cop-out statement to say people won't sell their PS5s if Starfield's an 11 out of 10. It's people don't have to sell their PS5 to buy Starfield. I want them to buy into what I have when I start focusing on the other console and making it about them them losing a customer. No, I need to gain a customer. It don't matter if they buy Spider-Man in the same month. All I care about is that they buy Starfield too. Like I, I'm someone who owns every console. I'm I'm very blessed, very benefit have a great benefit of the fact of that I'm able to own all the different things and play all the different things. I know that that's not everybody's opportunity, but if you make some really great games and all my buddies are talking about, I mean, I've got XCloud. Sure. If I've got X, if I'm paying fifteen dollars a month, I don't even have to have a console, which means. Why am I going there? Because I've got a great game to play. Sure. Once again, the reason to subscribe to Game Pass is great first-party Xbox games. You've, I, I know that I can probably that I'm probably to a degree taking certain quotes and making them the focus of everything, but <laughs> yeah, so but but the way I look at it is like I, I agree that it's not going. It may not create a huge shift. But Starfield being a 10 out of 10 versus being a 7 out of 10 could be a difference of a couple million consoles. And you've got to yeah. keep that going. It, it, great <laughs> games are important. People, you know how many consoles or how many switches are shifting right now because Tears of the Kingdom is coming out? <laughs> a lot. Definitely. I think they said in Spain it tripled. I believe it. Mm -hmm. Like, and, it. and somebody was saying, "Oh, it's just because of themed consoles." I'm like, "Bro, it's themed after a video game. It's themed <laughs> it after matter. a great video game." You, <laughs> you see anybody going out there to buy? Oh, I'm sure everybody would have ran out to buy a themed Redfall console. <laughs> it's just because it was themed. <laughs> yeah. No, fam, it's because of the game behind that theme. People are running out, but I, I actually bought the the Zelda OLED. I, I still I still had a launch switch, <laughs> so it was time. <laughs> yep, and you yeah. know what? That Zelda switch is was looking mighty fine, and your boy had to have one. <laughs> yeah. So I said, you can shift units based specifically on a game, and I really should never have commented on anybody's thing on Twitter because I actually got the answer. When I said, and this is essentially what I said, I said, here's the issue. It's not about making people sell their PS5. Making better games will make Xbox a more attractive purchase. That's why you have to have them. That was my comment, to which I ended up getting back. Let me look right here. This was really Drum funny. Roll. 
They really aren't. Most exclusives sell made to maybe 10% of its users. Heck, it took Sony's flagship, its tentpole, God of War Ragnarok, its marquee product, two whole months just to get to 10 million in sales. Two whole months, guys. Two whole months. Now, that's a good number, but this is what somebody said. Now, that's a good number, but it still took a while to get there. I don't know what the point that is. (laughs) I don't either, because you know what? Any game would kill to sell two million units in six months. (laughs) Yeah. God of War got to 11 million in two. Yeah. It, it people as much as people say they as as much as you may not push that exclusives make a console they don't make it but they do make it better they you know it's not you know the entire solution you know it's not gonna fix it they it help a lot you know like it, it does a lot so well if I can get Madden and Call of Duty everywhere else like literally can play it anywhere. There's something swaying me to go a specific way. Halo was that for Xbox. That's one of the reasons 360 took off. Halo 3. It drove people to Xbox. Okay. Well, I completely disagree with your analysis of this. Um, <laughs> Anthony was so, over and here that's cooking. Okay. And that's okay. He was <laughs> cooking. So... The quote is just making great games won't change Xbox's console market share. All right. So the the operative word is just. So (laughs) um, we all know great games sell everything when it comes to games. It's going to sell Game Pass. It's going to sell Xbox consoles. So I don't think he's saying that as a defeatist attitude. He's saying the reality of the future. Let's just paint a world if Xbox and Red Ball were actually fantastic. Let's just say it was fantastic. Starfield was fantastic. Let's say Halo Infinite was fantastic. Just top to bottom, great live service, all of it. Let's now paint a world where Nintendo's doing fantastic, PlayStation is doing fantastic, and Xbox is doing fantastic. What's separating them now? They're all doing great games. What's the separator? Nothing. They all just have great games. So now it's just a matter of users either. Uh, well, Starfield's coming out. All right, I'll play Starfield. Oh, Spider-Man. Ooh, I'm going to go play that now. Right? So they're going to just be bouncing between whatever game that they want. And Nintendo, you know, the, those players just, they'd be over there. They'd be doing their thing. <laughs> Nintendo players in their corner playing their Nintendo games. So if everybody's got great games, there is nothing separating them. They're going to stay in their ecosystems for the most part. PlayStation players are going to stay with PlayStation. And there's a heck of a lot of them, way more than Xbox players. So Phil is thinking we can't just rely on great games to bring people over and to keep them for a longer time because PlayStation's got fantastic games coming down the pipeline. I know about them because y'all have heard about them. So we got to have more. We got to have the mobile stuff. We got to have the gamepad. We got to be able to play on different screens, right? He's thinking about all these different strategies and business models and things to separate themselves as the third place publisher, you know, third place console maker. They can't just be great games from a business model and from an interesting 
model. It's got to be more than just get, you need the great games. We understand that. He understands that. But there's got to be more to bring people over and to keep them. Consoles will sell. Of course, that's why they created the S. You need games for those consoles to sell. But what's going to keep a person continually coming back over there while Sony's releasing Spider-Man and the next God of War and the next whatever it is, Horizon, whatever it's going to be? Because most of the players are on PlayStation. How do you get them over? It can't be just great games. There's got to be more to it. That's what Phil is saying. Cool, so on my mobile phone, I can play what now? Why would I subscribe to all these different places? It doesn't have to be your mobile. If all it's about is is every screen and I have nothing to play but Redfall on those screens, then why the heck am I going to subscribe? You have just you just deleted everything before that. We know great games are necessary. I know. I'm just, I had to. I had to. <laughs> we know that. But yeah, it, I, I get it. Working. It's it, it's it's verbiage, and I know that all the console warriors right now are going wild with this interview. Oh, um, yeah. But he he does have to look at even recent memory. The Wii U was one of the worst consoles we've ever seen release. It it yes. was it god might have awful. Been the, no, this is virtual boy. Never mind. It's it is yeah. close. Is close <laughs> yeah, yeah. to one of the worst consoles. And we saw an instant turnaround mm-hmm. with the Nintendo yes. Switch. You can turn a I mean, generation technically, around. Technically GameCube to Wii was an instant yeah. turnaround. Oh, yeah. GameCube wasn't a fantastic yeah. seller. It was a lovingly memorable yeah. Lovingly remembered, but yeah, we yeah. destroyed it. Yeah, some some people point to Wii U as like, well, they did have some good exclusives. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, they yeah. came really late. <laughs> they came really late. Like, and by that point, nobody knew games. what the th- yeah. nobody knew what the thing was. Right. Nobody nobody liked what the thing was. <laughs> uh, but by the time the great games arrived, people didn't care. Because the yep. console was awful. That's why it's so important to put out some real, some great games as quickly as you can. And I, I don't know, it's not as simply as rubbing the magic lamp and, and oh, yeah, yeah. I want a great game. But it's it's why having those great games is so important. Because you can, you can completely turn around a generation. I mean, again, Nintendo Switch launched with Breath of the Wild. <laughs> had... Games like Mario Odyssey in its launch year. Uh, there were I, I remember that launch year. That was a launch year for the ages. If that I'm remembering, right. there was so many phenomenal titles that can, it felt like every month there was a great new game to play on your Nintendo Switch. It really did, and you've got to find a way. Like he, he, we keep talking about those a great game every quarter. That that is what Microsoft wants. You, you got to figure out how to put out a great game every year right now. Right, and yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it isn't, it definitely is not just great games, but man, the great games are important yeah. because if you're going to attract people to all the other screens, you got to get what's going to put them in the seats. But here's the interesting contrast to that idea of man, games are important. The Wii U did have some good games. Didn't help sell the Wii U. Right. 
Why? Because it was a bad console, right? So here's the thing about Xbox is the Series X is is a good console. It's a very good console. So they actually got that taken care of. Like the Series X should be their switch, right? That from the Xbox One, not a great console. To the Series X, great console. Like they are here. Like if we're comparing, that's the Wii U to the Switch. Now the games matter because the console is good. And that's and that's where it's at. It's like you've got X Cloud. I can play on mobile. You've got the S, which is a cheaper entry point. You've got Which is also apps. a good console. Yeah. You've got the apps on TVs. Like heck, I can soft boot Game Pass onto my Steam Deck if I need to. It this yep. is where we're at the point of that's why games are such an important thing. And with it was that, just it, the Aces Rog is because you've got to show a lot that of thing. these other things. Yeah, the the, the yeah Game the, Pass the is going to be on yeah. that exactly. That, Win, the, Windows, yeah, ally, yeah yep. Windows, Windows is going to be like on it. So it's yep. that we've got the screens. We just need the games. We we've, we've got the screens. We just need the games. Like that, you can. I agree. You got to differentiate yourself. But in the end, content is king. Sure, and if yeah. you don't got the content, like, uh, again, like you said, people bounce back and forth. But if I make a genre-defining game like Elden Ring, then people don't care if Horizon's out, even if it's one of the best games out there. Like, for somebody Which like me, I'm playing what, it. Right, that's but, Phil's point. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's why but, just making great games isn't going to be the thing to elevate Xbox as a business but or, if you like, make the next it big, the great thing... Elden Ring. Yeah. If you make those Elden Rings, though, you draw people to your console. Absolutely, which is why he wants to allow the creativity of all the you know and all, yep. all that. So he he's trying to make this world that he wants exist. He's just learning how to do it because yep. there's a lot do of you, studios and it's a multi-billion-dollar publicly traded worldwide company. It's hard. So do we think that, do you think that Microsoft is A, biting off more than it can chew right now with all these different businesses and different approaches, or B, are they just throwing everything against the wall to see what sticks? B. I wouldn't say it quite like that. And and I'm oversimplifying, overgeneralizing here. I'm just, it's, it's an honest question because their business has been like so up and down. Since mm-hmm. since the honestly before the end of 360, because they're absolutely figuring things out because because 360, it almost felt like a, there was a hubris that came as, like, oh, we got this. And then PlayStation suddenly started putting out great games and everybody wanted a PS3. They got over those initial hardware problems and managed and to. Yeah. And managed to <laughs> <laughs> and managed to outsell. I mean, they straight up managed to outsell the Xbox 360 in the end, which was a tough feat because 360 was doing really well. It, it was yeah, like it two million under. I was in the U.S. maybe, but they outsold it overall. Oh, they did. Okay, yeah, PS3 outsold 360 overall. Uh, that was the biggest thing is the U.S. Because um, Microsoft always has that kind of that edge in the U.S., whereas mm-hmm. PlayStation all everywhere else. Right. Um. And that's why the old American company. (laughs) Well, that's why PS4 was. That's why PlayStation 4 versus Xbox One was such a big thing because Microsoft hugely lost the U.S. Oh yeah, and and right now they're actually again struggling in the U.S. uh, 
versus PlayStation because PlayStation just become this monster brand, which they, they always have been. Mm-hmm. But they've just PlayStation has somehow figured out how to leverage a lot of their branding and it's working. And yeah, Xbox has got a lot of catching up to do. And it's not it's not fixed by simply, oh, we bought Activision like there's a lot that has to be figured yeah. out. I don't, I don't think and, I don't think they're yeah. thinking that. Like, yeah. oh, well, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so Call either. of Duty and yeah. Overwatch and Diablo. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. yeah. Um, clearly, but, they are not. <laughs> if if that's the case, in the end, hopefully, like we've talked about, Redfall, this this kind of this misstep. Hopefully, it really points them in some directions because sometimes you learn more from your mistakes than you do your successes. Uh, after all, I remember. Uh, PlayStation 4, I think Noah will remember this. This was around the time, I think this was sometime after Bloodborne came out, that the execs actually said PlayStation is selling ridiculously well and we're scared because we don't know why. <laughs> like, they, I, I'm, I, I'm not quoting it perfectly, but it was because they couldn't figure out why they were selling it so well so they weren't learning anything from their success <laughs> in that because they couldn't yep. quant they couldn't quantify why the consoles were flying off the shelf uh, some of it was just you know <laughs> xbox one was awful especially at launch so that really helped them out <laughs> uh noah and i can both uh, attest to the fact of there were still people years upon years later coming in thinking that the xbox still had the uh, drm for the console <laughs> oh, uh, and was always online and that the connect was going to watch them. Uh, wow. even though we had didn't even sell them with the connect at that point. Yeah. It's right. like, uh, it's, it's not so, here guys. I mean that that's how badly the brand had damaged itself. Whew. So, you know, there, it's not that bad. They've got to take this mistake and they've got to really learn from it and, so, and use it. Think about that, though, right? Don Matrick had set up whoever's going to be next, in this case, Phil, like for absolute failure because Xbox 360 does well, does, you know, all these great games, great console. And that's the thing, like Xbox 360 from a basic level just did what everybody else was doing, put out great games, all the console, like outside of the Red Ring of Death, like it was fantastic console. So then I'm, I'm sure because of Microsoft initiatives, uh, they wanted to make Xbox do different things. TV, 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 TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they had to do their thing. And and they were trying to predict a market that wasn't quite there yet with the whole yeah. DRM online always thing. Um, I am curious to know how that would have been received nowadays. Like if that was, you know... You know, we're in 2028 and they announced that console. How poorly would it have been received? I don't know. Because you know, like it's the always online thing, I think it would still be, you know, a problem. But people still the, like to be able to access their games without yeah. Yeah. Um, but the whole like digital only, I'm not sure if that would have it's, been a problem. It's I mean, not, we gotta play. It's not as bad now because only. yeah, because you've got some f- Physical games were much larger market at that point. Yes, so. yes, it was. Um, but 
you go through you go through that Phil Spencer takes over so now he has to reel in the brand and make it make make it, make Xbox great again and then try to you know reverse all that stuff keep the good games going figure out how to make a a gaming brand division, however you want to label it, that fits with whatever Microsoft's ethos is with whatever they're trying to do with everything financially, you know, all that stuff. Then you get into a merger and acquisition and now you're trying to tie it all together and while also trying to buy an even bigger merger <laughs> acquisition. So, it's hard, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's you're just you're talking playing hard again. You're you're fighting with two of the strongest uh, that have been around longer than you companies in this space that know what they're doing. That like and they're not said, trying been, to do anything extra, really. Nope. The, and they and the thing is, is that they like PlayStation. This whole place, PlayStation Plus, extra, all that kind of stuff and whatnot. They, yeah, they they've understood that, that that's together, a, and it was, here, and, here's and something. It's worked for them. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but it, it, they, they've seen it as more complimentary though than the end all be yes. all, which that yes. was that has been a bit of a misstep on Microsoft's place. Not necessarily for the consumers, but in the sense of, I think they're starting to realize how uh, how much that affects your bottom line. <laughs> Because yeah. Hollywood is starting to figure has I think we talked about this the other week is you know movies <laughs> it's the, getting them in to pay full price at the theater and then triple dipping on streaming and buying digital movies and physical movies and all that is is still the way to go it still makes you the most dollar and and unfortunately for Microsoft you just told everybody that they get your first party stuff for free, essentially, if you buy our subscription. So they're stuck with that, whether they like it or not. But yeah. that's a big chunk of change, and they're just going to have to live with it. Yeah. Um, PlayStation um, isn't in that boat. They can throw first party titles on there when they want to <laughs> and, and get the money out of it. Yeah. It is, it is interesting. You know, yeah. uh, my the, the kids that I work with, uh, you know, they kind of have their own little snack bar that they run as a little business. And, you know, we talk about pricing and, and what to what to price things at. And they they go, oh, what if we do this? What if we do this? What if we do this? And, you know, one of the things uh, I was like, well, what if we price it at this? And this is like some low price. And I'm like, no, <laughs> never price it low, because if you need to raise it, you're going to get it all. <laughs> gonna- yep. Price it high. Price it high. And if they like it, if they're good with it, keep it. If they're not, then you can lower it and you look like a good guy. <laughs> so here's Xbox Game Pass. Steam sales. <laughs> Steam <laughs> right. But you have Xbox Game Pass. Hey, you get all first party games, you know, as long as you got a subscription, which is uh, that it's a good sell. Oh, yeah. But until would it also be a good sell big games. <laughs> right. But is it also a good sell to say? We're going to the sorry, the prices are going up to $70 on our first party games. But if you subscribe to Game Pass for $15 a month, you can get these first party games along with it. Hey, you probably still get the subscriptions. 
And for the people who are not interested in this idea of I don't like subscribing to get, okay, fine, pay, pay with the $70 or get it on sale or whatever the case may be. You get that double dip like you're talking about. So yep. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It is interesting, perhaps because we haven't seen like the fullness of all the great games that they got. We're not seeing what this first party game for free on Game Pass really amounts to free quote unquote yep. for those who are not watching video. Um, but you know, perhaps that's why, but you were talking about that, uh, you know, how simple PlayStation and Nintendo are keeping things. I can guarantee you if Nintendo didn't have to, they would not have any online, anything. Nope. <laughs> they're like, that's just Nintendo. Why do we need they, to do they this? They still don't have achievements. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you also don't hear Nintendo fans talk about where are the achievements? They just don't care. Granted, a lot of their audience is much younger. Um, so, yes, they're not thinking about those or, things. Or they're people but, who are just so ingrained into the ecosystem that they don't yeah. subscribe to those ideas. Right. So, so uh, for me, I well, like you know, them. <laughs> oh, for sure. But, you know, even Nintendo had to come up, even though, uh, you know, their online is hot garbage. garbage. Hot garbage. Even they are now getting into some, you know, subscription type stuff. You know, subscribe and you get N64 games and GameCube games and Game Boy Advance games and all that. So, but it's still at a very basic level. Microsoft and Xbox are trying to like change the game. Yep. Which is a lot of work, very difficult, and it might not work. But they got the money to try, so they're trying it. And to their credit, outside of the game stuff, they're actually doing okay. Game Pass is good. Yep. I can imagine if they actually had games, we'd be like, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Industry is in trouble. It's going to be a very interesting, continuous journey between the whole, oh, man, this is really driving subs and oh man, can you imagine how many $70 copies of this we would have sold? (laughs) (laughs) Yep, the million dollar question. Yep. Very, very interesting. And I'm here for it. Yep. I guess before we go, I figure I would let everybody know that we were officially to the point in the COD cycle, the Call of Duty cycle, where people are starting to talk about the last game and say that it was underrated. Because <laughs> I've seen the first post of somebody who's said and shared gameplay and said, Call of Duty Vanguard is underrated. Why did people hate it? This game is fun. <laughs> that it might is be what a happens. disgruntled Modern Warfare 2 player that, right now. That is just the cycle of COD. You, <laughs> It is, it is uh, current game, excitement, wearing of it this game sucks the old game was better (laughs) excited about the new game new game yep (laughs) it just continues around like i i'm i'm still loving modern warfare uh i recently said in my final impressions for it um not everything is perfect but like for instance the rank system no one i've been discussing Man, after all the issues we had with the uh, the matchmaking, it is starting to feel fantastic. Like I, I've we have not played a match since the season three update that hasn't that hasn't felt bad. Like it, we felt evenly matched. 
Uh, so we, we've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> we we've actually been playing uh, three in a random, and even that's been working out great. So, I'm so happy for like, you. <laughs> I, I've actually I I, cholesterol is up to, too. Oh, dude, I may get up to <laughs> platinum. Like, I actually had a game the other day. I was we were so mad in pubs. Uh, Noah was not playing with us this evening, but I was so mad in in pubs at uh, Search and Destroy, and I was like, okay, I'm not I'm not very uh, confident in this team. I'm taking into ranked, but we'll play one before I leave for the evening. And uh, we three owed them in uh, control map uh, with myself. Well, myself and my brother both ended up with almost the entire round of kills oh by the gosh. end of the by the end of the third round. I, you get thirty. 30 lives per round. I had 26. He had 24 kills. So, yeah, Goodness. we kind of carried. But at the same point, it's like, we full on 3-0'd these guys. This wasn't even hard. And we won two attacking rounds. And that's not easy in control. <laughs> it was on a Himmelmat uh, Expo, Noah. Oh, Expo, yeah. Which, which we're starting to get good at. <laughs> well, your mistake was playing Call of Duty after you played Redfall. <laughs> You should have yeah. you should have cleansed yourself with something else like Star Wars, Raven, and Lock. then played Call of Duty. Yep, agreed, agreed. I, so. I will be playing plenty more Star Wars uh, as the weeks continue. There you I go. Feel like. That's that is that is good. So if you Very get good. anything from us today, folks, play Star Wars Jedi Survivor, not Red <laughs> <laughs> It may cost you seventy dollars, but it is worth seventy dollars. It is worth <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> likely be worth it uh gosh overwatch matchmaking still sucks so that's why that's why i'm happy for you yep. so I, I figured as much <laughs> <laughs> we we just need to get you playing call of duty with us if no. i can learn how to yeah, play but I'm just gonna suck at that. no if, it, I, if, dude, I if we can if play. we can if we can get a 3-0 with my brother and my dad and my brother and then dragging my 58 year old dad through a ranked match we can get you through. <laughs> I don't want to be carried. I want to get better. Like that's, we can help you get better. You know yeah, how you get better. You play better. the game. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. And, well, I, I, I that does not apply thing. to Redfall, by the way, folks. Yeah. Yes, Redfall <laughs> does not get better. You will not get better at Redfall. I think it's more. I just the only thing trying. you will do is accumulate stupid. Seventeen gamer score achievements and be mad because your achievements are uneven. <laughs> Who are you gonna be- say no? I was um I was like I it's more I didn't get better at Call of Duty. I think I just started trying and not sitting in a corner with an RPG and laughing. You know, like <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, I didn't grow up on these like single life games. Uh, I didn't either. Modes. This is I hate the them. First that I've ever been heavily into. Uh, you know, no respawns and uh, no one loves search, search yeah. and destroy, man. I can take like, breaks between rounds. You know, when I die, <laughs> I can eat. You know, it's fantastic. <laughs> well, what's fun, yeah. of course, is, you know, perfecting your setups like that. That's uh, I know we're getting like all off the train right now, but like like we've played recently and, and like get, when you're in that three V two and you set up around your bomb like learning okay this is how i need to set up and then even basing like okay we just played these guys this way let's set up a different way <laughs> oh, yeah it's just, just the chess match man that's why i love playing cod the only one that <laughs> i was fine with playing was rainbow 60 this is the only single life game i could 
stomach. Um, I tried Valorant. I love Valorant. I thoroughly suck at it though. So I was <laughs> like, yeah, no, I can't do the single because I don't have time to get good. I, I would that's not to- a, that's not a game where it's like the you have to play so many matches and lose so time. many times. And it's like, dude, like I don't stay alive long enough <laughs> to to figure this thing out. So I, there's that's no why controller. I don't like real life games. There, there's no controller uh, support, so I can't play Valorant. At least I'm I'm terrible at it because there's no controller support. I was a, I was actually okay at shooting. My problem was getting flanked by people. So I was like, is this my fault? Is this your fault? I don't know. I can't take this. My heart can't take I, this. I'm just very slow on a keyboard. Like, and, and even when I sit there with it, I'm very slow on a keyboard, like even kind of training myself to it. So I, I just prefer play on controller. Yeah, I hear you. Play some Overwatch. That'll help you. That game's all over the place. I'll get you real. That's what got me good. I play on I, controller uh, still with Overwatch. Over Overwatch <laughs> was my first mouse and keyboard game. Like I really sat down and was like, I'm going to learn mouse and keyboard. And I was like, I learned mouse and keyboard. Great. Like now I can play any shooter. I feel Funny great. enough for one last Redfall thing for everybody. Redfall is oh, better on mouse and keyboard. Oh, yes. Because yes. the control, cha- being able to change your controls, there's almost no options for your controller. For changing there are, it's just, since it's there's almost nothing though, not compared to a real shooter out there though. Most okay, shooters, so you can adjust your dead zones, you can adjust each stick. Since there's two options, lowering your <laughs> latency, which I don't know why you would want to have higher latency anyway, and so the then way it's worded cha- is and then weird. changing your input response. Yeah, I think so. I think it's sensitivity versus like latency. If you mess with one of those, it helps. But yes, uh, it is worded weird. So I was playing on high for a while and I was like, why is there so much latency? Uh, But yes, controller sucks on Redfall. Uh, It is as bad. Well, it is worse. It is worse than Overwatch, but Overwatch is pretty bad too on controller. Uh, All right. Yep. I think that's it. I think we're good. Cool. cool. We said all that we needed to say. So yep. appreciate. Hope you enjoyed all that stuff. Yes, Redfall is is garbage. Don't play it. <laughs> um, I feel sorry for the developers that they that they have to endure our criticisms of it. But hey, but hey, it's you out. Know. You can move on to the next thing. Give us pray yes, too, please. You know, pray was yes. incredible. So you know that's what they need to do. Work on something that they know, so that they can get their confidence Agreed. back. And, you, you know, know what really stinks is people want. The real Prey 2 will never come out. And I was very excited about the original Prey 2 that was from Human Head. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I still occasionally... Out? Well, because they don't exist anymore. And <laughs> that whole game got canceled. Uh, and Bethesda yeah, but weren't they... Didn't they get absorbed? Not absorbed, but didn't they... Some of them become Roundhouse Studios, <laughs> which helped they on did. Ripple? They did, but Prey as an entirety of a game is a completely different game than it was when they were making it. So that's why I'm sad because you were you were going to be like a bounty hunter in space chasing down aliens and stuff, and like that sounded really cool. Prey fundamentally completely changed, like both fundamentally and a story. The story changed completely when they rebooted it. So, so you don't like the new prey? I I love what the new prey is. I just uh, I just hate that we never got what prey two was supposed to be. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Sorry, I got mixed like, up. 
Okay. Yeah. Like, like literally, like this has been on my keychain for years. What's that? Oh, oh like, I actually have back when it was actually going to come out. Uh, we got a press kit at the store at the GameStop, and yeah, I've got a Pray to and a Skyrim one logo on my keychain. There you go. All right, that'll go do it. Go play Pray. Don't play Redfall. <laughs> Or you can play both and see why Redfall is so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll do it for us. Appreciate you watching. Appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you next week. Deuces. Peace. Later.